Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Radio Arma. We're, as usual, very happy to have you on the show. Um, today is going to be a very special episode. It, it's going to be a bit long, uh, but it's probably be going very to be long. very long. But uh, it's probably going to be one of the most interesting talks you'll hear here on, on Radio Arma. We have very special guests. Uh, we'll be introducing them um, in a bit. First, uh, Cyrus is going to be going uh, with his mod review of the month. Let's go. Okay, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Flash. So let's talk about some mods that have popped up in the last month and a bit now. I was thinking about doing Christmas mods because we're so close to Christmas at this point, but surprisingly, there's not many. I mean, there's about five different of the same mod, which adds Santa Claus, and that's about it. So I thought I'd look into some mods that are basically ways to change your game a bit, make it play a little nicer, um, or add some cool features that aren't in the game um, that have come up in the last little bit. Um, the first one that I've looked at is improved melee combat system. So this oh, one... I saw this one. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. It is really cool. So I think this one's actually a little bit older than a month and a bit, but the reason it came up is because someone made a Jedi Star Wars mod with lightsabers and the force for it. Uh, I'm, I'm not adding that to my game, so I'm not reviewing that one. But um, the... The combat system, it's really straightforward. It's really unique. It's basically added a whole system in the game that is being able to strike people in, in melee combat with your rifle butt, with your pistol, uh, with your, your hand-to-hand combat if you want to. Um, it's basically adding that one feature that we've all wanted, which is when you breach in th- into a building through a door and there's a guy standing right there, you can just smack him and knock him over. It works relatively well. Um, I haven't found any situations where the animation's bugged out or where it wasn't interacting correctly with the, uh, with the AI. Um, that said, I was only playing it with single player. Uh, I haven't tested this thing in multiplayer and I imagine you're going to run into some problems if you're trying to do back and forth, uh, sparring with the swords that come in the mod, uh, with, with your PVP, but, um, it seems fairly lightweight. Um, it doesn't cause any performance issues, including with the, the melee AI that they've added in there. I, I set up a little field battle with, I think, 40 AI on either side, all using swords running back and forth. And um, it, 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 it tanked my PC. It was running at about 20, but the AI kept running fine the whole way through. Um, yeah, it's uh, pretty straightforward in how you use it. It's got um, a bunch of weapons that take up, I think, your pistol slot. So you can basically swap from your rifle to your cavalry saber or whatever you want to use, and you can start swinging your sword around. It's also got buttons that you can bind for bashing with your rifle or your weapon. And all in all, it's just a a cool little mod that you can add into your load order uh, that will give you a much needed feature, if you ask me, for armor. 
Uh, the next one that I've got here, it's actually a script, but it popped up on the workshop as a mod because people had requested it to just add into their game just generally. So, Flash, what's the most annoying thing about the default Armour 3 maps for you? The what do you maps, think? The, the yeah. most, what's the, the most the annoying? default terrain. Um, is, it because, is it that the buildings are all empty? Oh my God! No, is it? Is it? Is it? Uh, is it uh, filling in the the houses yeah. with furniture so, and shit? I've wanted to make this script for ages because I had an idea for how to do it, and I just never had the time. This guy's already done it, so you can go and download it. What he's done is he's made a little script, and it uses the composition system in Armor Three to. When you're running around near buildings, it picks a radius around you and it just drops the composition of simple objects into the houses nearby you so that there's now furniture in all the houses. So is it is it interactive where if you run away from the house, it'll depop and, and yes. to save performances? And- exactly. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm. And the best bit is it uses a seed. So uh, like with like Age of Empires and things where they've got like a little number string that determines how the map will spawn. It's got a string in it that determines which composition it'll put into which building and where, which means you can set it up and you'll know what's always going to be in each building. And it also means that when you walk away from a building and it despawns all the stuff, when you come back, the same things will spawn back in that building. And I didn't notice any performance loss. So I was walking around in Kavala with uh, this mod on, and it was spawning every single building around me with furniture inside and things like that. And I was still getting the usual 8 FPS that you get in Kavala. No need to giggle. <laughs> that was no, no. I was, I was thinking of <laughs> of applying it on a, on a server, hoping mm, that mm. it wouldn't destroy the server. But, but yeah, no, well, it's, it's it doesn't. So I I've got this running on my anti Stasi server at the moment, and no problems whatsoever. It uh, it spawns for every building that you walk near. I'm, I'm and clearly going to be mm. uh, trying this out. It's it's it, great. It um, changes the game so much, and it's really simple. Um, the only downside I would say to it is that there's probably only a dozen compositions that he's got, which sounds like a lot. So, so basically, you're just you're just um, having the same houses over and over. I mean, interiors. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, to be fair, that's better than the same empty interior each time. True, and and you can't you can't say all the houses in in. I mean, the styles of the houses are redundant as well. So, you know. Exactly, yeah. And um, it, it's got lots of different themes as well. I won't go too much into it. But, yeah, basically, you'll you'll go into an area and you might see this house is a mechanic's house, this one's a shop, this one's just like a normal person's home. It's, it's pretty good. Nice. We'll put all the mm. links in the description, obviously. Absolutely, yeah. Um, next up is a terrain that I saw that actually popped up, I think this week, uh, it is called Alu, A-L-U, and it's a really small, compact map. It's about, I think two or three kilometers on each side. Um, but it's really highly detailed. So he's, he's, I think he's taken a satellite map and basically just plopped down the closest matching armor three buildings that he can find, uh, for this little area. And it's, it's just a 
really tightly built little map and uh, it has really good performance. So if you're looking for just a small map to do your next little uh, little operations on, definitely it, take a look at that Is it an island one. or something? No, it is a uh, it is landlocked. So there's um, basically it's just a, I think it must be a little section of somewhere near his home or something like that because it seems like just a random piece of terrain. Um, but it's yeah, I, I it really struck me as being quite high detail, and perhaps it's because I was also running the uh, the furniture mod at the time. But uh, it it really struck me as a, a well crafted terrain. So I just thought I'd throw that one in there. Um, Lastly, I'm not sure if anyone else has noticed this, but someone must have released a, a female mesh for armor because there have been a ton of mods adding women to armor 3 in the last month or so. But to, be, to be completely honest, that's something that was really needed in armor 3. Um, it, it was. Like, the, 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 the meme from, from all of the life servers is that uh, all, all of the women have been shipped away along with the furniture. So we're fixing both of those <laughs> things this week. Um, so there were two that struck out to me. Um, there was one that was called Women at Work, and there was another one that was TCGM Girls. So the reason I picked these two is because they're kind of two examples of the extremes of what's going on here. So Women at Work is a really high-quality texture pack um, for uniforms and uh, some different uh, objects for basically to fit a, a female character. Um, they are about the same resolution quality, I'd say, as the main game, um, and they they look really good. The, the downside of that one is that they are lacking in variety. So I think there's only about eight or nine uniforms in total from that one, and uh, I don't think there were any CSAT or AAF uh, uniforms. So you basically only had uh, the NATO uniform and uh, some civilian ones, which is certainly good if that's all you're looking to do is just add in those uh, civilian females and things like that. Uh, Insert Ferengi meme there. Um, That one's certainly a good one. The other one, TCGM Girls, it has much more variety. So it's got basically every single uniform that's in the game, uh, at least on NATO at this stage. Uh, so if they've got the recon fatigues, the officer fatigues, the, the CTRG fatigues, all of those have been uh, set up to match like a, a female mesh. Um, and that one is definitely a good one if you've got some female members in your community that just uh, would like to have uh, that that mesh that better suits them. Um, they are basically built to be exactly the same as the vanilla games uniforms, but uh, obviously with the, the different mesh. Um, it, I wouldn't say they're as good a quality, though, is the only downside. So they, they did, to me, seem to have a lower, uh, lower resolution texture, uh, but there are definitely more of them. Um, the, the, other, the other little con that I've put down on that one is I, I don't know why they decided to do this, but they've added a ton of things that don't seem relevant to me. There's a bunch of bikini models, basically, with all of the uniforms. And I'm not sure why they've bothered to do that, but those are in there, I guess, if you're into that. But if you're in a Milsim unit and you've got that one guy who you know is going to pick that every time, it might not be the right mod for you. 
Uh, but yeah, those were the main standouts this month. Um, Thank you so much, yeah. Cyrus, for driving us off. Um, Drivers driving, sorry, us uh, through the through those very cool mods uh, for for this month. Now on to the main topic of today's uh, podcast. Uh, go ahead, Cyrus, and present us this very complicated but passionate topic. Oh boy! So we're going to be talking about intellectual property rights uh, as, it, as as it pertains to Armor Three and Armor Three modding. So, needless to say, this is a big old topic. Uh, there's a lot to cover here, and um, I'm just going to kick this straight off with a quick legal disclaimer. So. The information in this podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. We are not lawyers. Uh, information and materials available in this podcast are for general information and entertainment purposes only. Uh, listeners of this podcast should contact their attorney to obtain any legal advice with respect to their legal matter. Please do not use information you heard on a podcast to create a legal case. So... It's like a property. <laughs> That's uh, always a great introduction to the topic. I loved it. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get the guys in and have a talk. You have been waiting for these uh, guests. Uh, here they are. We have three of them, three major mods uh, and mod makers in, in the Armorverse, uh, Cyrus. I'm very happy to introduce Audio Customs from the Cup mod. Hi, Audio. How are you? Hi, I'm doing fine. So yeah, you've been working on on mostly all the audio and and sounds uh, for the cup mod. Uh, what have you been doing else for this mod or for different other mods? Um, yeah, as you said, I started off with um, the sound stuff for Cup. I did the first version of the sounds. They got overhauled in the meantime. And what I do besides that is, um, yeah, I'm constantly nagging, um, uh, trying to <laughs> keep my folks entertained. And yeah, well, um, the thing with Cup is um, everybody does as he pleases. So um, everybody can pick his own um, um stuff to work on and i'm currently trying to work on some um um what's it called um optimization for our builds uh build server that's what i do for cup at the moment what i did in the past was um i did also audio stuff for the uh task force error task force ever had radio mod like the roger beeps and stuff like that but my first um, experience in modding was um, a simple texture mod I did. Great. So, yeah, that's what I'm, what I have done, and what I'm currently doing. We'll we'll probably be asking for for knowledge on on audios and how to mix the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> Feel free, yeah. Our, our second guest is Pufu. Uh, everyone knows Pufu. I'm I'm really not going to spend a lot of time introducing this guy. He's a legend in the in the uh, in the armorverse in the modding community. He's from RHS. For those that really are uh, new to the community, uh, the RHS mod that everyone has on his computer. Well, he's part of the team uh what exactly do you do Pufu, in the in the in the rhs team your project lead hello um no i'm there's there's not really a project lead in uh rhs everybody's uh, probably just as uh cop 
how many cups are your customs? Um, usually everybody does that, uh, does it in their own time. So everybody um, spends as much as or as little time as he can. So there's besides Soul Assassin, there's uh, no, not a real team leader if you want. There are senior members like myself, but uh, other than that, the structure is pretty linear. Um, there's no lead in itself. Have you have you participated in in other mods than RHS? Yeah, so I started back in 2007 with Ace um, Ace One back in Arma One days uh, when the mods have been uh, transitioned from um, uh, the classic Operation Flashpoint to Arma One. So that's how I started, and then um, I did some small stuff, uh, mostly configs and texture patches for, uh, I think it was called Arma International, or International Conflict, actually, because the abbreviation was IC, which is basically a, a PvP game mode uh, happening once a week, uh, about 100 to 120 players. So. That was back in 2007-2008, if I remember correctly. Great. And our last uh, guest today um, is, uh, I'm, I'm very happy to have him on the show because he's, he's really have, uh, he, he really contributed a lot to this topic. And, and the, the whole episode, I must uh, say, would never have been a thing without his contribution to the, the podcast plan. He, he brought up a lot of things that we are going to be talking about t- tonight. And um, I'm very happy to introduce Rock from the RKLS studio. Uh, you guys might know RKLS uh, mod. RKSL. RKSL, my bad. Oh, uh, <laughs> my God, I'm, I'm thinking to record all of that again. Uh, many, so very sorry for that. Don't um, worry about it. It's fine. Leave it in. It'll be funny. <laughs> yeah, it'll be funny. Okay. Let's say I'll, I'll be a paria. <laughs> uh, RKSL then. Many members. Very sorry for that. Um, it's so. So your your mod has been around for a few years now and is really starting to be a reference here uh, in the armor community, and the modding community. Uh, and one of the main uh, things that brings you here is that you are extremely active uh, regarding um, regarding legal. Um, Topics in the Armaverse, uh, you're contributing to guiding and to bringing knowledge to uh, the whole of the community, and and we're very happy to have you here. How are you? I'm surviving, thank you. I mean, <laughs> apart from the fact that I destroyed the name of your mod. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fine. I'm 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 doing pretty well actually. It's been a miserable year for everybody, and I think just surviving is is credit to every anyone that can do it uh no i'm i'm having fun at the moment so yeah it's cool thank you thanks okay. for having me and, on and so you've you've been working only on your own mod or have you been contributing to to other mods oh um the list is endless <laughs> um i do a lot with friends um sort of ask me to help with problems 
I, I do a lot with project project racks with WLD four twenty seven. Um, quite a few of the people in the British community. I do things with uh, help some of their little projects. Um, I'm a great believer in the give a man a fish principle, uh, rather than teach him and then teach him a fish. If you give a man a fish, he'll he'll dine for a day, and uh, if you teach him a fish, he'll dine for the rest of his life. I'd rather teach somebody to do it. I show people that I do little bits and pieces. I do little tutorials for people. Um, I started Twitch streaming as a response to people asking me questions. Um, kind of hope those have helped a little bit. Um, done a little bit of island tutorials. Um, I'm much like everybody else. I'm learning something new every day. And if it hadn't been for other people taking the time to show me, I wouldn't know. So pay it forward. I'm being a bit cliche at the moment, but you know what I mean? That's a good attitude to have. Well, when I started modding, which is about 2000 now, 2001, uh, when Alma first came out, I made friends with some pretty big names in the community now. They're, they are historical figures, Colonel Clink and Footmunch. And they both spent a lot of time trying to help me. Um, the community was quite different back then, but um, they both spent a lot of time helping me and I could never, ever repay that. And I've kind of always taken that principle forward. And I think that's the best way forward is share what you know. Definitely. Definitely. I think that was why I started doing YouTube ages ago and then dropped it because work got too hard. It's, it's, it's a good thing to have in the community is people willing to help like that. The first thing that we are going to be talking about is what is what is protected and what isn't. Uh, what applies to to armor? Uh, uh, how uh, how do things work? A bit of definitions. What are trademarks? What are trade dress? And what are copyrights? Brock, can you answer those? Yeah, sure. Um, right. Let's start, start with copyright because it is actually perhaps the broadest definition. Anything you create is your copyright. Anything that is 100% unique, that is your creation, um, is your copyright. Now, there's lot. this is where it gets a little bit complicated because there's lots of um, caveats to that and there's lots of little clauses that, that say that you can't use certain things and whatever, we'll go into that in a little bit. But in essence, anything that you create, you own the artistic rights to, and therefore it's copyrighted. Whether that's books, paintings, music, uh, um, films, little films you do, any computer programs you make, uh, databases, technical drawings, logos, whatever, anything that is unique to you, you own it. That's it. End of story. Trademarks, um, now it doesn't technically apply to anything that you create, but it does come into the armor scene, especially if you are not licensed to use a trademark. So the perfect example is AM General with the Humvee trademark. Um, something that's hit the press quite a lot. You've seen it with... Um, I think it was Atari, was it, that got sued? I can't remember. Activision. No. Activision, thank you. 
Um, Pufu knows a little bit about this because we've had a long conversation about this in the past. Pufu, can you can you on that topic? Can you can you enlighten us on what happened with the Umvi? Um, so Humvees or um, M General has besides the trademark also has the trade dress, and we'll talk about this in a few uh, for the Humvees. Uh, Activision, I think it was Call of Duty, one of those. Um, used their Humvees in the game without paying a license fee to M General. What happened is that they got sued, Activision got sued by M General um, and they actually lost uh, this year. Um, I think they finally lost the case uh, because the, um, the court decided that Humvee is being a military vehicle. Um, it's also a symbol for the U.S. Army. So even though um, M. General has the trademarks for the Humvee, has the, um, for the name, all the, most of the abbreviation and the trade dress for it, they still lost because um, Activision went with the, I think, the Second Amendment, right? Um, um, as, as a non-US. Uh, it gets really but, complicated now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, short version is that they lost. Um, the M General uh, lost the case uh, recently. But the core issue of it is they, they, they claimed that Activision illegally used their trademark, which is a legally registered either logo or name or word that is associated with their product that makes it their product okay, or so their name. It, it, it wasn't just like the modal of the Humvee, it was the, just the name? Yes, it was the name Humvee. Okay, so is that why is that why in armor all the mods and uh, and and actually the, the the Humvees that you could find in Operation Flashpoint as well were not named Humvee? Precisely. That's why you had a, a land. Well, partly, yeah, okay, but um, that's why you had the what was it um, offender rather than defender for the <laughs> what we all know as Land Rovers or so. Toyola. Yeah, and I guess in the base game too, they've got they've got the the Zamac, which is quite obviously a Camaz. Yeah, yeah. Or they called the um, Oshkosh MATV. They have an armor three now. They called them the Hunter, just not to use the original name. Also on this subject, uh, since we do have the, uh, I'm not going to call them Humvees in RHS. We gave them the military designation uh, because that cannot be trademarked. So the U.S. military designation, which is the M, uh, a range of numbers after the M, which stands for military, I'm told, uh, that cannot be uh, trademarked. That's public domain. Uh, Rock, you talked about the trade dress. What is the trade dress? Right. We'll stay with the Humvee for, as an example. Trade dress is a much like a logo. You know, it's something that you identify your brand with. Now, with the Humvee, you can register this 
um, register trade dress, and it is the visual appearance of the product, but it's it uses parts of the product that are distinct. In the case of the Humvee, believe it or not, it's the placement of the windscreen wipers and the embossing of the X's on the door, you know, on the... the um, are the, you the kidding me? Really? No, seriously. It's seriously. It is. It is things like that that make it unique and distinctive, and it's the silhouette as well. Certainly with the slope back as well, um, and you can go and check these out online. I'll try and find the links for you later. You can put them in um, at the bottom of the thing. It's fascinating to see what can be protected, um, but it has to be very, very distinctive, and. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much case law goes into into trade dress, but there are uh, cases where a Chinese company cloned the Land Rover Evoque and made a a cheap copy in China. And there was a, a case about the shape of the Evoque because Land Rover trademarked the um, the shape of the Evoque as a, a logo, and they did the trade dress for it. It's it's quite bizarre, um, but there's ways around it. I was about to say, uh, most uh, vehicle manufacturers these days have some sort of trade dress, at least in terms of silhouette, if that silhouette is very specific to their um, vehicle. So is it is it something that you have to register or declare or, or f- f- I mean, file something to, to make yeah. it... Uh, yeah, un- unlike copyright, which is immediate the moment you create something, trademarks and trade dress have to be registered. It's expensive to do um, because you have to register in multiple areas. So there'll be like a European registry, a US registry, um, a Far Eastern registry, you know, things like that. Um, so I think China and Japan, China doesn't actually, while they do observe some of the laws, they don't always follow them. Japan has their own set of laws around it that protects a lot of their industry. So um, in, in the armor. In the Armourverse, basically, you you would have a copyright on a module or a three D model that you created, but having yeah. a, a, tra- a trademark, a trade dress, would be extremely expensive and and only. It's not really applicable for us. We for us to if you make a model as a an uh, like a semi pro, um, unless that model is one hundred percent unique and doesn't take inspiration from any other vehicle yeah then you could register a trade dress if you wanted to but it'd be very very expensive um but you'd also only be able to register it in one of the 45 trademark classifications which is something that gets it gets very complicated this but trademarks can only be applied in one of 45 categories so Let's oh, say. <laughs> so I you feel have like gone down a rabbit hole. Oh, you have, you have. It's huge, <laughs> but it, it is it is appropriate, and it, it does. It will kind of become apparent why this is this is why I'm kind of trying to cover this right now. You can have trade. One of the classifications are, are for like um, vehicle manufacturing for computer games and entertainment. I think it's the general classification. Um, you can have things for like um, domestic products and things like that. That way you could register um, Harrier is a great one. BAE. British Aerospace back in the day registered the Harrier name um, and they kept that 
that copyright and that trademark um, for about 25, 30 years. And, but at the same time, there was a washing machine manufacturer that was also called Harrier. Um, there was, uh, they then licensed the Harrier name for use in computer games as well. Um, and they held the copyright or the trademark in about five categories. But the Harrier name was used in about 15 different categories as well. But it, it wasn't hold, held by BAE. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> right. So it could be that, that something is trademarked under a category but not under another category? Well, so you can you can be trademarked if you can trademark on, on different categories, but you can you can't do like a blanket trademark across all forty five categories um, unless you're producing a product in those categories. So there are conditions to registering yeah. a trademark. Okay. So now back to now back to the the original topic and and what actually <laughs> is is interesting for our listeners is uh, in the armorverse. So you, you how are you actually protected? What kind of rights do you have in the armorverse uh, regarding what you can produce? Um, would it be a three D model? Um, would it be a um, um, a texture, uh, a sound, um, a um, a mission that could also uh, come into some code, maybe. Um, what 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 rights do the users of the armor game have? Well, for sounds, um, it's kind of. A little bit complicated because, um, you know, um, sounds um, you hear all day in the game, they are handled the same as music, for example. So um, you all have heard about the, um, uh, you know, download uh, incidents where people got uh, fined for downloading illegal music and redistributing, redistributing illegal music and stuff like that. Um, same applies for, let's say, a simple gunshot sound. So um, you have to have uh, a permission to use it, or if you record it yourself, um, you have uh, the same rights as, like, I don't know, um, um, high-tier artist, musical uh, music artist. So to underline that is basically going back to what I said earlier on anything that is yours that is 100% yours is your copyright you own it exactly exactly so let's say if I go to a shooting range and uh, record some gun sounds um I am the owner of it. I am the license holder of it. I am uh, the IP holder of it. I'm uh, basically got over my own files, and um, I'm free to do whatever the one, uh, whatever the, uh, whatever I want to do with those files. Um, I can include it into the game, or I can sell it as a library or whatsoever. So. Um, as a content creator, in that case, I created the um, um, the, the content of a sound, a sound as a content, and um, um, if somebody um, violates my rights, I can use the same measures. Uh, well, uh, as example, uh, the same measures as um, I don't know some some uh, big. Um, uh, so you could say company. you're the Lady Gaga of of shooting in armor. 
uh, I wouldn't call myself <laughs> Lady Gaga. More like um, I don't know. Uh, um, any other artist that produces sound with electric guitars? Yes, but uh, basically, yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, if if you create something in um, as a sound, uh, whatever it may be, if you want to record your own thoughts. Um, to shoot weapons, uh, you're you're completely free to to enforce whatever license you want on it and and use it uh, how you want to be using it and distribute it uh, how you want to be distributing or limiting its distrib distribution because that that can be also said. Um, what about um, Pufu? Exactly. What about um, uh, uh, 3D models um, um, and, and scripts? Uh, we know you, you do a lot of config. It, does it does it apply to config to SQF scripts, uh, that kind of thing? I actually don't do a lot of configs these days. Um, I do a lot of 3D models. Um, I started with configs and then moved on to 3D models. But yes, basically anything you do, as Rock said, anything that you created from scratch is yours and you can do whatever you want to with these files, be it sell it on some Turbo Squid sort of website or put it in the game. Uh, but you're the owner of these files forever. And um, I mean, most 3D modelers that I know sort of sign their own work in one way or the other. Um, so they can later on check if that particular model is their own or is different. And I had cases when I had to take down from pretty big websites selling 3D models, my own, um, my own 3D art. So. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of, kind of like paper towns kind of thing. Um, that was a yeah. thing that they used to do on, on maps is they'd put fake towns on their maps so that if someone copied them, they'd, uh, they'd just go look, this fake towns on your map. It's obviously ours. Yeah. There's a number of ways to do that. Um, it's, most people doing that don't have the necessary skill to change the files, be it um, the mesh itself, the UV maps, uh, the textures. Even if they adjust the texture, because that's a that's a raster file which can be adjusted slightly in terms of uh, color saturation or whatever else. They cannot. Um, they usually don't change the the mesh, or they add on top of an existing mesh. You're talking. You're talking about uh, people that rip mods and and use or adapt mods um, without permission. Not not necessarily. Um, I had cases where I found my own meshes that were never released or sold anywhere else. I just found them on. Uh, I think there was a recent case on uh, CG Trader, um, the second older. Uh, case was on Turbo Squid, where the mesh was extracted from the game. The, the, that particular mesh uh, wasn't used anywhere else and was being sold for like $22 or $30 on one of these uh, websites. That's even more insulting because it's not decent money. Your models are brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's, for sure. it's, uh, it's money without work. So. And yeah. we sold like one was sold like eight times, the other one was sold like 18 times. Right, so that person's made a few hundred dollars off of your work. Yeah. Hmm. 
We'll be talking more in more details about these cases in a moment, but Rock, can you just enlighten us first on moral rights? Uh, what are they and, and do we have any, any legal way of, of relating to them? Well, moral rights are the well, what it, exactly what it sounds like. It's the moral aspect of law. You, you have with copyright, you have the word of law. The moral right is the moral right of the author to to be recognised as the author. Um, almost every jurisdiction in the world um, where copyright is respected has the acknowledgement of moral rights that the, the the model or the texture or the the creation is the property of the author you'll see it in the front and the dust jackets of books saying that the um the moral you know the, uh, the author asserts his moral rights to be recognized as the creator of this um and that kind of spans pretty much every um as I said, every copyright region. Um, so even if you do lose a copyright case or, you know, someone tries to use the fair use clauses and things like that, um, your, the, your moral right to be recognised the creator of the, of the work cannot be refused unless that work has been significantly altered to be almost unrecognizable from the origin. Um, and the moral right, the moral, the, the moral rights allows the author to assert how that object is going to be used or, or can be adapted. If the, the author doesn't want that object to be adapted, that's it. End of story. There's no argument for it. Um, and the best part about moral rights is because in certain areas of the world, copyright is about commercial value in, in the US it is in Europe it's less so um, in Australia it's even less so um, but moral rights has no commercial impact but you can still you can lose a copyright case and still win a case on moral rights alone okay yeah this 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 is something that I've not encountered at all as you said it barely exists in Australia so yeah. is it is it kind of a thing where it's like you, if so for example with with um, Pufu's three uh, D models let's say he lost the copyright case if he sued that person that was selling them he would still be recognised as the owner of that yeah he's if he's the original yeah. author and can prove that he's the author yes and okay. he, you know even if there is a let's say the commercial value is below whatever that region chooses to believe is acceptable for action. Um, the, the case can be thrown out on the, on the grounds of it's, there's not enough significant financial impact. Um, but the case, the ruling can come back and say, well, that may not be the case that there may not be that there isn't um, significant financial uh, impact on Pufu's lifestyle or life or creations or whatever, but it may turn around and say, we now acknowledge that he is the author and the person that has stolen the model is actually a thief. Yeah. May not get compensation for it, but at least you'll be recognized. 
Yeah, uh, about I want to go back a bit on the um, copyright or the the rights that content. And when I say content creator, I don't I, I don't refer to YouTubers, right, or streamers or whatever have uh, generally speaking. Because I had this, uh, I heard this quite a few times, and it's really, really wrong. So basically, making a model without the actual card data or original, um, I don't know, three D printer or uh, milling machines data is no different than taking a photo or drawing it by hand, right? Because I heard this several times before. Hey, but you were you are modeling. Uh, at a, let's take the Humvee example, right? I do not own the 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 the, the trademark for Humvee, but I do own the. 3D model, which is a visual representation and an artistic representation in the end of that particular asset, real life asset. I never said I own um, or most people who create these um, sort of 3D models, because there was a case a few years back when I think it was Bell who wanted to remove all the 3D models of TurboSquid because they were a visual a 3D representation of their um, real life assets without a license. And obviously that went nowhere because it's, it's unless you, you had some sort of access to the real files that, that were used to create those uh, real helicopters in this case, what you're doing is basically uh, your own representation of that uh, real life um, whatever that might be vehicle in this case this also can be translated to let's say you take a photo of the new york skyline you own all the rights to the photo itself but you own nothing that is visually in these in the photo like at any building or uh, something like that yeah, the, so the quickest you... example sorry rock give me a sec the quickest sure. example if I take a photograph of a Lamborghini, that doesn't mean I need to get permission from Lamborghini to take that photograph. It's my visual. I mean, it's it's something I do. I own all the rights for it. I do not ho hold the the trademark for that Lamborghini, but I do hold the all the license to that photograph. I can do whatever I want with it. I think the only exception is the. Eiffel Tower, whenever you need permission to um, photo it, and that's not because of the Eiffel Tower, but because of the um, lights on the Eiffel Tower, if I remember correctly. Uh, we, we French are very twisted in the matter. <laughs> um, on, on Well, sorry, can I just add yeah, something to Pufu? So exact, just to back up what Pufu has just said, anything that you create is certainly is a 3D model in, in the armor context um, is considered a creative representation or an artistic representation. It's no different than a painting. It's no different than a photograph, exactly as that. Legally, um, in terms of copyright, um, the law hasn't quite caught up to the digital world in you know, in this case anyway. Um, and it is considered an art, a piece of art. 
that's you know 3d models are and 2d textures and this is considered a piece of art together collectively you could also consider it as software um you can consider it as computer programs which believe it or not is actually different than software in the legal mind don't ask me why i have no idea um that's another rabbit hole um music (laughs) composition same thing um it's there's a lot of people like Pufu has said he gets this quite a few times I've had it a few times um, where people are claiming that you can't make something or they can do whatever they like because you're using somebody else's design without permission so they can too it's nonsense yeah we had our fair share too I think every major mod team has I think yeah I think it's fair to say it's gotten to the point where I don't think this was an issue 10, 15 years ago. Um, and now because of the copyright laws have become so financially productive, um, you know, in terms of licensing for computer games and things like that, it's become a hot issue. Uh, just to add on what Rock said, uh, besides the classic arts that are defined in, in the dictionary, right, architecture, um, sculpting, uh, painting, literature, and so on, they're trying to add next year uh, three more, if I remember uh, correctly, well, it's three or four, one of it, which is game art. So that's going to be recognized just like architecture, painting, literature, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, that's good yeah. news. Well, I say I just I was, one thing that I will add. I'm actually trying to find the, pe- the, the piece of legislation for it. But um, recently, um, there we go. Uh, it's uh, 14th of October, 2019, Benelux Court of Justice. Um, the trademark owner of Moet Hennessy objected to the use of Dom Perignon's trademark in the art in the artwork of Belgian artist Cedric Piers. So there was a ruling that said an artist may incorporate another person's registered trademark in an art, a work of art, provided the work of art is in is the original result of creative design process that is not aimed at damaging the trademark or the trademark owner. And that's the key thing to trademark abuse. That's that's even more complicated now. <laughs> well, no, it's it's not really because <laughs> it's it's like um, watching a film and you see a Coke machine in the background. Coke is notoriously aggressive about protecting its brand, but if you just walk past it, they don't have to pay a license fee for that Coke brand, you know, Coke machine to appear in the film. But if they were to deface the Coke machine attacking Coca-Cola, then they could perhaps face a lawsuit. But if you just walk past it and if it's used as a, in a casual way, you can, you know, it's permissible. But this is probably only going to be permissible in Europe, not in America. This is the problem. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> So the, my best advice, and I'm, I'm sure Pufu and Audio will, will back this one up, don't use the trademarks. Do what BIS do. Um, change the Land Rover Defender to Offender and whatever. Or Just stay away from them. Yep. Yeah, or use a military designation, which is considered permissible. Also on the subject, um, Hamdi lost the 
uh, as far as I remember, uh, I'll check this just to be sure, but also Humvee lost the case with Activision because they weren't competing on the same business segment. So if the- I'm in general, would be... Right, this, this yeah. is this is the classification, the forty-five classifications of trademark. Yeah, we're just I'm just uh, giving that as a, an example because we started with it. If IMG General, uh, IMG General would be um, competing in the same segment, and they would be doing uh, military vehicles like Humvees, and then they would also be doing video games, then. I'm pretty sure Activision would have lost the case, but it isn't. It, it wasn't obviously the case. That's why um, the Kalashnikov concern is trying to get in the licensing business recently, and that's why they are co-creating, co-producing uh, a game these days, or they were trying to last year anyway. Can I just ask? Can I just ask one question? I just want to ask one little question. So you mentioned that. It would apply in Europe, but not in the US. Does that mean that the creator needs to be in Europe for that to apply? Or is it where the copyright is being claimed from? So, Right. Um, the, the, the copyright rules apply to where the artist created it or where the copyright is registered. Um, so if I create something... And I challenge um, a user that's in America, say, or you know, in California um, in particular, because the state laws change, the copyright rules. It's very complicated. Um, I am the the rule of law is he has to abide by the law of my country because that's where the art was essentially registered, and you can register your own copyright. Uh, which is something you, you touched on with trade dress. Copyright registration is a different thing again. Again, it's also quite expensive, but another rabbit hole. Pufu, can you talk about um, giving the authorization? Because um, there is, there are a lot of cases where we can talk about uh, where people uh, obviously didn't have the the authorization to do something or, or, or whatever. But there, it, there are also uh, very nice cases, positive cases where where you can you can grant someone the access to to using modifying or whatever you want to uh, authorize uh, someone else to to do and that is called a license uh, can you talk about the license and how how it can be used to grant permission uh yeah just just to to talk about the rhs here we have a, a, a pretty strict license uh for all our um, bespoke content and that's just so we can um, be legally protected from um, any wrongdoings um, so we do not as a rule provide permission individual permission of any sort to anybody or to anyone uh, no matter of the reason we do state that it's within our rights to um, to look the other way, basically. Um, and that's not because we do not uh, try to get this content uh, modified by third party in order, uh, um, rather than reinventing the wheel and uh, having them 
um, create the content by themselves from scratch. Um, but it's just because from a legal point of view, we need to be covered uh, in case uh, there were cases uh, when we couldn't just look the other way around. And such cases were um, mods that represented uh, terror groups, real life terror groups, which we are 100% against. So we then we um, enforced our own license. Uh, but that doesn't mean there aren't third-party mods that are uh, dependent on the the RHS ones. There are quite a, quite a few, and uh, props to their creators. We have nothing against them; quite the contrary. But from a legal point of view, we cannot. Um, I mean, our license do not does not allow um, derivative content, basically. So uh, unlike. Bohemia's licenses, uh, which are, I think it, there are two of them, we use one for the ports we have in RHS. Uh, our license is a non-commercial, non-derivative um, Creative Commons uh, 4.0. So how, uh, what, what form can a license take? Um, recently, I've created a license for my scenarios, um, and, and I basically put that into a PDF and drop that into the into the PBO file or and and put that on the internet um, uh, rock can you can you enlighten us on what are the different uh, different different ways you can produce a license and what form can it take um, it can be as simple as a text document saying you don't I don't want you to modify this or this is open to anybody modifying it right up to as Pufu and I and you've done is use Creative Commons as a basis to write a license to say you know you, uh, as long as it's included or a company accompanies the you know, the creation the model the texture the image or whatever while it's distributed it's your license and like like again um, Pufu said earlier on about essentially watermarking your creations as long as you've got something in there that people can recognize as you've you own it and points them back ideally to the license like I've got a, a web page with my Euler on it um then it, you know you can be as simple or as complicated as you like. Is there like a is there a default? The default is if there is no license, the, the most stringent application of the law applies. So there's no modification, no distribution, nothing else, and no until the author. Yep, exactly. Until the author specifies one way or the other. Awesome, cool. In Cup, for example, we are distributing a license um, via text file that's packed with every mod. In addition to this, we have uh, a text of our license on our website that everybody can ex access and read. And um, other than RHS, our license is uh, basically um, a public license standalone, but it's modified. And it got some additions, and um, 
the additions are, for example, like uh, no, redistribu no redistribution on the Steam Workshop or ripping content or stuff like that, that, the stuff that's not included in the original Arma public license. So that's also possible to do. Can I just add a couple of things on top of that? Because you mentioned the APL, the Arma public license. There is a rumor that goes around, repeatedly goes around, that BIS own everything you yeah. make. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I can hear these guys groaning now. <laughs> We've all had it. And I know the rumor started because of a misunderstanding with a license within the original O2 software. This rumor goes back to about 2002, 2003. And it's because of a statement in there that says something about um, BI reserves the rights to, to ownership of the software and all add-ons included. And everybody assumes that means the, the armor and OFP game series. It's not. It's related purely to the O2 software and any yeah, other. That, that myth is similar to um, the uh, workshop myth that Valve owns everything Precisely, that's uploaded yeah. to, the, to yeah. the workshop. So, no, that's uh, <laughs> basically not True. And the second thing that I was going to say is the APL license isn't the only license that you can use for armor. That's another rumor. Exactly. And when Marek, when um, BI published these examples of licenses, it was a good suggestion about where you start because they had a really nice flow chart that kind of took you down the right sort of path. You need to do a little bit more uh, research to understand exactly what you needed, but it was a great start. And it's up to you what license you apply. If you want to make stuff open source, go ahead, but say that you want it as open source. Don't just yes. leave the license off. Be specific. It's to be clear. Very, very clear, very specific, and um, and, and big fat letters, <laughs> because people um, either they don't want to read or they cannot read anymore. Uh, I was thinking about um, creating a license of emojis so people can understand <laughs> it in the uh, smartphone smartphone era. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I gave up up to the first sentence because yeah, no fucking way I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm too old for emojis. That wouldn't have worked with me at all. Yeah, also uh, secondary, most licenses these days also state that you're not allowed to upload on Steam Workshop. But that's a bit um, redundant because by default Steam Workshop doesn't allow anybody to upload stuff they do not own. Um, just like with the, this is not a myth, but similar to yes, Valve owns everything you publish on Steam Work Workshop. Um, in fact, they updated their, um, I think it's called uh, user agreement these days to specify in which particular cases or for what particular reason actually you share your IP with Valve and that's just exclusively for promotion. It's written on white on black in Valve's case. Um, so you can check that on your own. But most people just click accept and they, they do not read the licenses that comes with the software, whichever that software that might 
might be beats it's windows or they or their phone updates they do not read that see if you I, I got this came up so often i actually wrote a piece by piece bit that breaks down the license it's on it's on the uh, armor 3 practical guy blogspot bit um and i got so annoyed with the people you know saying steam does this steam does that um i actually broke down the the subscriber agreement point by point so if you want the the bits that are relevant to armor go and have a read of that i won't go over we'll, too much of we'll it put, but there's we'll put so the links. much myth. yeah we'll put the links in the description of the podcast but the, uh, in summary, again, Bufu's saying it's redundant. It's not a bad idea to just put it on there just to be clear because every week we DMCA stuff because people upload it and they're trying to do other collections. And it, it's not to be malicious that when we DMCA stuff. It's because it causes the original author problems. Um, in terms oh, yeah. of support, um, you have an old oh, version man. that's going on. I, I'm, I'm, I will be specific here, and it, it not, I'm not being malicious because there was no malicious intent in any of it. I had a problem with a signature issue um, to do with the RKSL attachments. Now, this is a breakdown in communication between the 12th, myself, and 3CB. I didn't know that the 12th had given 3CB permission to distribute the um, attachments pack uh, in, inside their, their own pack. Their version had a different signature than the, the version that we put on the website. So we had 100,000 subscribers of 3CB. Every time they touched an RKSL add-on, they had a signature mismatch, and it was driving me nuts. I went on for nearly nine months. So... This is why we don't allow multiple uploads in a lot of cases. The support problems are huge, regardless of the license stuff. Yes, there you go. Um, every, every major mod team spends a lot of their time trying to support their add-ons. Please don't re-upload stuff because it makes it so hard. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Pretty, pretty hard. Um, when Cup grew bigger, we at one point established a bug tracker to uh, to, the, to the public so they can report the bugs and uh, we can fix them because, uh, yeah, we're rather small and we don't have uh, the manpower to dig through every release and find every bug. So, yeah, we established a bug tracker. And not long um, after that, um, we got reports like, uh, Cup, you dumb fucks, why don't you fix your fucking mod? And we were like, what the fuck, what's wrong? And they, um, um, this one guy then um, explained an issue and we were pretty certain we had fixed this issue like uh, two cup versions prior. So we went on a hunt for like, I don't know how long to find the issue, but we couldn't find it because, yeah, it was already fixed. And um, it didn't took us long to, um, well, no, it, 
did take us quite some time to find that there is um, like an age-old re-upload of uh, one of the cup mods on the Steam Workshop uh, quite a few people were using, which was creating a shit ton of issues with other mods. And I think it was around the time of the... Um, uh, the 1.68 update. I don't. Uh, or, or what was the big update with the sound improvements and stuff? I think it was 1.68. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. It was around that time. So um, a lot of mods broke back then. We fixed that. We released a version, and uh, those guys were still playing like an HSO version that was included in a mod pack from. Am I allowed to say that of a live server? Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, well, that doesn't surprise me at that's all. That's when we... St- <laughs> yeah. That's when we started to um, take measures and uh, enforced our rights and went after all re-uploads on the Steam Workshop. So, great transition to, uh, just before um, about um, DMCA's. Um, can you guys talk about DMCA's? What are they uh, for for the people that uh, are listening to us? They probably don't. They they heard you use the, the this name, but they probably don't know what it is on the Steam um, in the Steam world. Um, what is a DMCA? Well, I would say Google it, uh, but we have Rock and, <laughs> and I Rock, think Rock, Rock is, is our is our Google and, <laughs> for tonight. Uh, <laughs> he's our he's our um, tonight's Google, yeah. Hmm. So, I think Rock oh. died. I think he died again. It looks like. Uh, sorry, no, I've hit the wrong button. Um, <laughs> I'm too. I was laughing and I hit the wrong button. Um. <laughs> um First of all, let's, let's let's say this. I am not a lawyer. Um, I am I am a project manager that's worked in the aerospace and defense industry for twenty five plus years. Um, I deal with a lot of intellectual property and technology transfer, which is how I have some grounding in this madness. Uh, so, right. DMCA is relatively new um, in legal terms. It actually started just, I think it was 1998, um, and it stands for the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. And it came about because of the um, American recording industry. Um, it's in a way to for artists and labels to stop the illegal distribution and therefore loss of revenue um, of their music. Keyword Napster. Yes. Um, it's a reaction to that, to, to file sharing. And it's the same thing for the film industry and all the rest of it. However, it then became a tool, almost like a blunt, ob- um, blunt object, blunt um, weapon, and to blanket ban everything. But the legislation in there was very, very careful because the way that it came about is it put the onus on the uploader. It used to be on the host. So you could upload it to a service and the service would be responsible uh, f- uh, for that. So if you put it onto a web server, the web host would be the one that would have the legal penalty. The MCA laws and the equivalent in the EU, which is called Article 14 of the Electrical Electronic Commerce Directive, which is not as easy to say as the MCA, um, 
it does the same thing. The onus is on the uploader. You are legally responsible for everything you put up on the internet. Um, no one else is. Um, so DMCA basically allows the host to say, not my problem, he did it. Which realistically is the good way to do it, I think. Yeah, well, it's it's the logical fair way to do it. But in essence, it's basically the law that allows somebody to take a very shortcut way because previously you had to start writing letters, cease and desist letter. If they didn't respond, you then had to take it to court and so on. DMCA and Article 14 cut that out completely. You go to the host, you say, um, someone's uploaded my content without my, my permission, please remove it. And they are legally obliged to do so. And also... Uh, to add what on what Rock said, uh, DMC is basically mandatory for all uh, US-based uh, platforms. So Valve or in this case Team Workshop being US-based, uh, that DMCA is there and you can use it. Yes, you need to provide proof of ownership, obviously. Um, but it's a shortcut before you go forward if you if you find yourself um, liable for damages. Yeah, it's a from a it's a win win situation for everybody because it's cheaper for the for you as the or the author to say I don't I don't have to sue you I just get it removed and if you are the uploader you are not facing large legal fees which can be significant unless somebody files a counterclaim yes then if someone's stupid enough to file a counterclaim against you then it gets very expensive for both parties however if you are found guilty in certain regions certainly in the EU and specifically the UK the person, the uploader, if they the case is upheld, sorry, if the, the author, if the case is upheld of the author's rights, can then claim expenses against you. And then the, the legal expenses mount up massively. Um, and you can take down um, five or six thousand pounds in my case, over and above what the court claimed, the court uh, awarded us when we had our stuff stolen, um, we reduced the, the guy that stole our stuff to tears in court, which was rather sad, quite shaming, and I did feel bad for him for about five minutes. But, um, yeah, he, he was selling our models, and it basically under under oh, yeah, undermined my business for a while. Um, he was basically taking our content and just selling it at half the price on all the 3D markets. Right. So in short, if you're doing that and you're stupid enough to counterclaim, uh, um, there's very, very, I mean, even for Steam Workshop and for mods, right? I, I doubt any court in any country would grant um, monetary damages uh, because basically I didn't lose money. I didn't make money, right? But all the... Yeah. All the court but they expenses, can award you. Yeah. So they I'm, can award you. I'm willing, uh, I'm willing to put the money in and take you to court, but 
I'm going to be willing to do that knowingly that you're going to pay my lawyer, right? Yeah, correct. Exactly that. So it doesn't pay to count a claim. Now, I know we're going to jump ahead on this one, but one of the defenses that people come up with, fair use, I, fair use allows me to do all this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, uh, that's if a you, rabbit hole. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it's a, it's it's a big big part of what's going on. I know we're jumping ahead no, a little well, no, bit because I know you wanted no, to no, talk no, about this you're, later. You're on. actually right into the the topic. Uh, the the next thing we were we were going to be talking about were, were false claims. Here we are. Go ahead. Okay, right. Um, the it's fair use is a huge myth, and it's something that again pisses me off. Um, People get this wrong so badly. Um, if you if you care to do any research, um, there are there's fair use clauses in pretty much all the regions. Um, I'll specifically say the US, um, UK, EU, and Australia. The UK and the EU are, are, are very aligned in a lot of the IP law stuff. Um, but there's a general rule. There's a, a, a nice little Venn diagram that I've got up um, on the, the web page that shows the intersection of this. If your work is more creative and artistic, it is less likely to be legally considered fair use if someone borrows it or takes it or whatever. Um, fair use came about largely because of uh, academia and plagiarism and people stealing other people's ideas and things. Um, it does not apply in any creative way, shape or form. Um, what, 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 what is fair use? I think is probably a good way to start. Right. Okay. Um, do you, you want the proper legal definition? What, what, what is it from, from, from our context? Because we'll, we'll be here for a while if we do right. that one. Um, okay, fair use. A lot of people think, seem to think it's right. It isn't. Um, it's, a, it's a legal term used to establish whether a, 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 a copyrighted material, the use of copyrighted material is legal or whether it infringes the copyright. Um, there is no actual statutory legal definition of what fair use is it's always a case-by-case basis and it's always judged in context um so how you use the material and how you got the material and how the material got into the form that you could edit it is a massive player in all of this and the, the, it's judged on very simple questions. And in the UK, the, the key phrase to this is, how would a fair-minded and honest person have dealt with the work? <laughs> right? Right, very, very the legally second, defining. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I say, I'm, I'm actually reading this off the legislation at the moment. But um, <laughs> what is the intent of the disputed piece of work? So if is someone taking your work in the, in the case of an armor add-on to change it slightly to how, how they want it to work um, and then publish it, well, that's not going to come under fair use. At least it, it doesn't feel morally right, does it? 
Um, is there any intent to hide, deceive, or otherwise deprive the original author of his or her moral rights? So, again, the moral right to be recognized as the author. I've had it a few times where people have taken my old add-ons and they've pulled bits out and they've put it into what they're calling their add-ons, and then they're publishing it. That's not fair use. Um, and how is the work used to be publicly or privately used? Now, fair use is a, a lot of fair use clause can be used if it is private for personal educational use. And the legal definition of private use is as an individual. It is not as a group. There is right. no such thing... There's absolutely no such thing, legally speaking, as a private group. Okay, so so basically I could take, like, the cup mod and make my own custom texture and use it myself, and that wouldn't be a breach of... Well, yeah. no, not, 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 not until... Not, like, might modify well, hang on a sec, just, uh, just before Audio jumps in on mm. this one as well. Technically... Yes, that would be fine, but the moment it leaves your hard drive, you're committing IP th um, theft, awesome. fraud, yeah. um, whatever, plagiarism or whatever. However, CUP's license prevents you from reverse engineering it for personal reasons as well. Oh, okay. So you're in breach of their license to begin with. Yeah, so check the license. Second, second step is if, if it's okay, then it's only fair use. And then if, if fair use, I mean, if more than fair use is authorized, then, then that's the third step. But uh, first yeah. step is always the license. But, the other thing that I'll say as well, and a, a lot of people claim fair use when they steal an entire model to out of a pack to put in their own thing. The more you use of something, the less likely it is to be fair use anyway. <laughs> um, so it's unlikely to be fair use if it's used in a commercial way or, a high, if, or the nature of the work is very creative which we're all gonna everyone in here that's made it try to make a 3d model will definitely say is highly creative um the more of the work you use the less likely it is to be to be fair use and how much of an impact it has on that person's brand um uh, add-ons or distribution and whatever there is actually something when i got some advice recently um if We've two uh, poofu talked about compensation on uh, because there's no commercial impact on him. In the modern age of digital influencers and all the rest of this, this is now a thing as yeah. impact on, and it's non-commercial, but it's the impact on the author's presence. Yeah, it sounds a little bit weird, but if it, if it takes users away from your potential subscribers that's considered an impact it sounds insane but it's now becoming law yeah that's because of youtube and other monetized uh platforms exactly but it still applies to 3dr yeah it still applies even if um the number the million number on rhs mod doesn't have a direct return in terms of um you know 
financial uh, compensation. Precisely, yes. Uh, one thing I want to add about the fair use, uh, the short version of what Rock is saying is that fair use does apply if you want to educate yourself, but by yourself and private in a lot of armor groups doesn't mean it's private as in it's a group of private people. Private in case of fair use refers only, and I'm, I'm trying to emphasize this as much as I can, to a certain individual and not a group of people. So basically, to go back to uh, Flash Ranger as a question, if you were to take COP in this case and you know, look under the hood, even if, uh, because there are ways to look under the hood without actually reverse engineering the, the mod in itself, to educate yourself and create a mod, a mod by yourself, which you could brand it with your name or, and then republish it, that's fair use. Yes, as long as that data is not transmitted forward to anybody else, right? Or incorporated in your new add-on. All that, yeah. And this is exactly what's stated in our license. So everyone is free to rip it apart on his computer, on his drive, dig into the config files, dig into how the models are um, um, set up and stuff like that to get a rough idea how stuff it is done. It's not encouraging people to actually use our stuff in their creations. Well, um, there are some exceptions like snippets of config files of codes and stuff like that because um, most of that stuff is basically ARMA2 still, the configuration even though we rewrote most most of the stuff but it still traces back to armor 2 the core game so we have uh, no problem with somebody uh, copies code or stuff like that but we do have um, problems if people um, take out let's say a pbo file and make it standalone and just slap their own texture on it that's a fucking no-go and um, to uh, get back to uh, the fair use and false claim stuff, um, it's, um, yeah, like Rock said, a lot of people are, um, 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 they don't understand the fair use stuff and use, but, and use the fair use argument in a counterclaim if they, uh, once they are getting uh, DMCA'd. And uh, there are um, a lot of other, um, a lot of other uh, reasons for um, counterclaims or false claims. There was an incident not so long ago where RHS and Cup got false claim attacks by pretty butthurt people. But um, uh, from our perspective, the uh, incident was solved pretty quickly because um, COP and RHS and um, many other mods um, have pretty regular contact with the Valve um, legal team, <laughs> I must say. Um, and uh, they know us 
by now. So um, if, let's say, Pufu or I um, write to the Valve legal team about an issue with with our mods, um, they know exactly who we are. So um, those false claims or counterclaims, they were solved pretty quickly, uh, quickly from our perspective. I don't know how um, it actually went down with RHS. Um, but um, those people usually, those people who file false claims, usually should get punished by Valve, but they don't get punished by Valve, or <laughs> neither BI actually. To give you a, to be the to give you the scale of the um, of the DMCA uh, thingy, and I'll go back to false claims in a second. So I'm closing on two thousand. Uh, the MCA claims, uh, I'll think I'll pass that by 2021. Um, so this means I'm in a constant um, exchange of emails and information with the Valve's legal team. The latest false claim that we got, I don't know if COP got it as well, um, was from somebody impersonating AM General, by the way. Um, which was funny in itself because uh, the data and a lot of the information was correct. Uh, most of it uh, was wrong. Uh, but we had this discussion with, um, with a friend of mine who's a lawyer, and then I had the discussion based on her advice with the um, with Valve's um, legal team. And we actually got in, in contact or we tried actually, we didn't get into contact with AM General, and that's partially how we figured out that a lot of the data that was provided um, in that um, the MCA we got, which we counterclaimed, was uh, completely false. So uh, my own lawyer said we could go forward and make a case for impersonating and uh, damages against the one that uh, did that for us, uh, to us, actually. Can I, can I just say something as well? If you look into the Steam subscriber agreement, it actually covers this, making false claims. And it actually falls under, there's two bits I want to make a point on here. It falls under perjury laws, because when you, you make a, a counterclaim against something, you are making a legal statement just and just as you, when you do when you fill up a takedown request a dmca takedown request you sign it under perjury um yes. penalty of perjury yeah yeah and the thing about the steam agreement and this is something that a lot of people don't realize is when you click past that steam agreement without agreeing without reading it you are agreeing to abide by the laws of washington state where valve are headquartered for the terms of the service everything on steam there are exceptions to this because if you're in the eu the eu laws state that America, America's laws don't override EU, and you have certain rights in the EU. But in essence, the, there's there's different ways of, of dealing with the problems, but the, the same issues are upheld. The same process is upheld. It's just a slightly lengthier process with the EU. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, is an. Uh, this is somewhat. Um, another point, um, 
that upsets me kind of bit. No, no, not not exactly the, where they are headquartered, but uh, the claims, false claims, counterclaims, and whatsoever. And even the fact that we as content creators have to hunt down them ourselves. There's literally no protection mechanism to prevent that, not by valve or by bi so the technical the technical um um uh, possibilities right now are everybody can upload everything to to um, be fair there the the steam service when um when you file a dmca claim we provide our legal contact information and that information is then passed to the person that is has uploaded um it we don't get the information back at least we don't with with valve you do on certain other platforms they do then share the information back to allow you to contact each other's lawyers etc um but in the in the current setup Apart from the only part that BI play in all of this is providing the publication tool, which at the minute you have to agree to the Steam agreement, but it doesn't actually tell you what you're agreeing to. Um, it's, that's it's not a terrible. negative thing. Yeah. Um, again, that's perhaps jumping ahead slightly, but um, it isn't. It's. I should also say to again trying to be fair and trying to be clear and transparent it's not bi's responsibility to police our intellectual property um they have no claim over it so it's up to the authors to uh, to police it it's not bi's responsibility and for a most part i will say bi's mods do a really good job in helping add-on makers police their own content they give reasonable advice most of the time um and they will point you in the right direction if you need to know something um so yeah that's now that's now but it wasn't wasn't always like that but also trying to be fair we're discussing how complicated and how difficult this is and the three of us sitting here that have dealt with this a lot, we know how the system works. I don't know how many people are going to listen to this, but I imagine we're in the significant minority of understanding how it works and the full mechanics of it. I 100% agree here. Um, it's legally because nothing to do with your work. It's your work, so you can you take the responsibility for it. Secondly, yes, I agree that uh, Bohemia could do a better job to teach or to at least, um, I don't know, make some tick boxes uh, so you, I w- I would like. you're warned about it. Uh, but other than yeah. that, Bohemia has no legal rights over your intellectual property whatsoever so it's up to you i to would just yeah it wasn't it wasn't yeah it wasn't about um the, the legal right or whatsoever it was about the um um how do i express this um yeah like i said uh, prior to recording i'm missing a lot of vocabulary in don't english. worry it's fine <laughs> i don't speak german i don't speak any other language than english so thank you for speaking english okay, so well go ahead, oh dear, don't worry um no what i wanted to say is um uh we by now have um 
the technical possibilities to prevent re-uploads. Um, but the problem here is uh, this um, the technical advantage that we as, as content creators have right now. Um, and especially the uh, um, workshop crawler is an external tool with an external database that has nothing to do with Bohemian Interactive itself. Um, but it is proven that this database, this workshop crawler works. So in theory, Bohemian Interactive could adapt this technology somehow, integrate it into uh, the um, publisher that checks back if a mod is already uploaded. If yes, by who? Who is the original uploader, not the original creator? That's an, an, That's another actually, page. Never of that. So we have we have the technical possibilities to do that, but um, there's no See, stepping in yeah, that direction at the very whatsoever. Least, at the uh, very least, what I would like on on publisher is the a little box that comes up yeah. that says I have like a fucking agreement. Well, no, it's, I've read the agreement, but it's also. Is this yeah. your content? Do you have the right to upload it? Upload it. Exactly. And if you, if it's not your content, do you have the permission, the explicit permission to publish this? So, so and, what I'm understanding here is is basically because this is all basically included in the in in the general rules uh, that you take the that you take is basically included, and if you're breaking those rules, well, well, did you? you People can can come back to you. Uh, what what you're yeah, asking is the, basically the really specific and explicit boxes claiming. To, yeah. I mean, asking the you. The key word here is explicit because, yeah. again, the the reason for this entire conversation is the confusion, the lack of understanding, and people not reading um, these the, the the lines and not reading these huge, very complicated word documents. You know, so. Something simple like, you know, read this document, uh, tick this box, people will just go past it. But if you put it up in there, do you really own this? Do you have the right to upload this? And like straight in their face. Yeah, and make it like 15 <laughs> to 30 seconds before they can click OK. Um, then, yeah, it's going to, I'm not saying it's going to stop anything, but it's certainly no more excuses, is it? About, uh, I think about 50% of the re-uploads have nothing to do with people being malicious or doing it on purpose. They do not understand what they agreed on. So yes, I do agree that with Rock uh, that um, that such a tick box would be beneficial because it would then... Um, allow the user to say, hey, but I do not own this, so I'm actually not allowed to re-upload, which is not the case right now. Secondly, I do think we are way, way too late in uh, the current game's development to change anything about the publisher. Um, as custom, Audio Custom said, uh, and integrating some sort of hash check, which is basically what the um, current crawler does. So I'm hoping that the next installment, whenever, whatever is going to be, is going to do better um, than what we have now. But the such a tick box could be added tomorrow without 
without um, a lot of development work uh, being put up by B, right? While we are on the on the topic of, of problems encountered and in, in all the the, the improvements, um, there has been a, a lot of um, this disclaimer first. Uh, this is a topic that um, I've been discussing with several people, and and people have been responding to me like, um, yeah, you shouldn't bring light on these guys because it's actually giving them some some. I mean, make some publicity for these guys uh, unnecessary publicity but I, I've, I've been uh, fighting with these people for several weeks now and I feel that um, if I if I don't continue it's just not going to be I mean the fighting I've put out these weeks will be for nothing so uh, here's here's the, here's the issue um, artwork creators have been um, using ripped content uh retexturing all that kind of thing they've been they've been doing a lot of i'm not saying all obviously not all artwork creators uh please don't misunderstand me uh, there are plenty of, of great artworks creators out there that do a great job and we need them because it's also uh, promoting the game and it, it to me it's a very good thing um but uh, a lot of uh, some some people in the artwork um, community have been abusing these these rights and and responding very harshly to to people like me that have been trying to defend modders um, and saying, okay, you're, you're actually using something that is ripped. You're using a retextured version of a mod. Uh, without permission, that kind of thing. And I'd like to send out a message to everyone out there uh, that is a fan of artworks because we're all fans of artworks. It is a, it's a, it, to me, it's, it is an art uh, when it's well done. Um, and I'm terrible at it. Um, but please make sure that the mods that you download from the workshop are the original versions and that you're not using a, a ripped version uh, that has been re-uploaded uh, in, your, in your screenshot. That is one way that you can help uh, defend the modders, uh, show the love to the modders that have been putting a lot of work into, into their mods and, and obviously enabling you to create your art. Um, can I just add something yeah, to this? Sure. From, from a personal point of view. I want to add something um, as well, so go ahead. Yeah, that's okay. All right, me first, me first. Um, right. The, I'm not specific to um, artwork creators, but this is in general about having my stuff ripped. I, I don't release an awful lot anymore. Um, what I do do release, I'm... I'm proud of. Um, I've put a lot of work and effort into it. When someone rips it, it takes away my motivation, and it takes months for me to get that motivation back. I'm I'm tired of people stealing my stuff. And when I say stealing, we're talking about reselling. We're talking about hacking and putting into their own mods. Um, life servers have become the bane of my life because they've been ripping all sorts of things out of my my stuff, my LCVP, um, all sorts of things. And it just annoys the hell out of me. I'm trying not to swear here. 
Um, I cannot tell you how frustrating it is, and I cannot tell you how easy it is to just walk away from modding for a month or two because you're pissed off. You don't, you lose the mood for it. And the upshot of this is if you support rippers or people that are distributing ripped content, you are only cutting your own throat because add-on makers like me, and I'm sure the other guys here will, will say the same thing, they're tired of it, and it just takes away the modification, the, mo- the modif- <laughs> sorry, the motivation um, to actually release content, and you won't get any new content. So you'll be stuck with the same old crap re- being recycled through, and it doesn't help anybody. Go ahead, Pufu. You you were going to be adding something. Yeah. Um, so besides the fact that. I do agree 100% with what Rock said about the motivation part and the fact that we can choose to spend our free time completely differently. Uh, This is not a threat, just the way things are. Um, There's another thing. A lot of the... um, You need to understand that the, the workshop content is not curated. And as such, and I've seen this recently, um, a lot of the people, just by seeing certain uh, image makers, whatever art artwork creators doing it, assume without checking that that content is fine to use um, in 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 their artwork, and it isn't. There's a lot of content that has been taken down several in several times in the past several years and they keep popping back up on the workshop and to 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 um, give you an example most of the cars a lot of the um structures are ripped um from various other games there's also the performance uh, problems most of the people who take models from other games such as Forza um, and other driving games and put it in armor they're not going to go through the process of actually making that mesh um, fit in the armor verse right they're not going to do the secondary um, loads the level of details right they're not going to clean up that mesh that is its purpose and it was designed for a completely different game where that vehicle is going to occupy like 70% of your screen, right? All these details are not going to be trimmed down to what Arma, um, to Arma density levels right it's basically not going to be converted to the armor engine uh, physics and and everything that is really too many polygons even if it's it's too many polygons not configured properly for performance it's not going to work you're going to end up with a very poor experience so what i'm trying to say is that yes you can um buy and in RHS, we have done that ourselves. We bought 3D scanned data that was worth, I don't know, 10 million polygons and used that data to uh, to bake our textures, but never 
bought a model of uh, 3D website and just use that. We, because we know what needs to be done and we know how the engine works, we take that data, we use it for baking textures, normals, uh, the details, but you never use that particular mesh. It's the, This is the um, downside of buying models from 3D website. Most of them are not optimized. They're not key assets. They are optimized for visualization, for uh, movies, uh, for a completely different, uh, they have a completely different purpose. And there are, there's a lot of content currently available for people to, <laughs> to use that has been uh, taken from various different places and has been dragged and dropped without um, a lot of, you know, technical ability into the game. And then that that goes for what that goes um, together with what Audio Customs was saying about big mods, and not just big mods, uh, having to deal with a lot of tickets and uh, issues and tracking down those issues that have nothing to do what with what they're doing because have it has um, because of mods that have been re-uploaded and they're not kept up to date, right? So you need to take, I mean, you need to take the time and effort to figure out what's made specifically for this game and what isn't. And there's a lot that isn't, right? I would say it's about 40%. 40% of what worship contains at this very moment is ripped content. And that's a lot. Yes, and and it's not really easy to identify if uh, something is ripped or not because um, you all have heard of the term mod pack, um, very often used by live servers. Um, oh, not only the reason uh, for this plenty of examples of milsim units oh, that do yeah. mod packs yes but um um uh, okay i lost it oh no, my bad on, sorry on, i got it i got it, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i said mostly used by uh, live servers okay so um it's not really um easy to identify if such a mod pack uses ripped content or not because it's under a cloak of um <laughs> descriptions or whatsoever so <clears throat> if somebody's downloading a mod pack he never knows what's the content is he never knows what the content is um, well, a user can only identify the content if he goes to his workshop folder open up the folder itself and check the names of the pbo files the mod files itself and uh, most if not all serious modders they have their own prefix prefix yeah that's a name for it um to um easily identify uh, the mod community uh, the mod team or the model himself let's uh, say um rhs has uh, of course those three letters as their prefix to all of their pbos same does cup with uh, of course cup underscore and so on and so forth and uh, a normal a regular user cannot identify those files without knowing where to look 
So um, um, as you uh, encourage people prior to not download ripped content, uh, it's almost impossible for people to identify those ripped content. I'd agree, but there's there's some of the stuff that you know is ripped. It gets handed around yeah. privately. Yes, yes, of course. Um, and they said, oh, it's a private I did this. The moment it leaves, if you've done the work, you've converted some of the, like we said earlier, the moment it leaves your hard drive, it's no longer private. And you are then passing around ripped content. Please don't do it. It causes all sorts of problems. Yeah, but unfortunately, there are quite a few people who do it on purpose. Um, yes. That goes a lot of the things that were are called private are private are being di- um, distributed privately for this particular reason. It's not that it's something that they made and they do not want to share with the rest of the community. It's something that they share within a very narrow community for this particular reason. It has been ripped. A lot of it has been ripped from other games, including Bohemia's. A lot of it has been ripped from other mods, which is, I, I think it's, that's, I mean, it's not worse than ripping from other games, but why would you bite the hand that feeds you? That's that's so counterintuitive for me. Um, and I have found, for instance, I have found models of vests uh, that were put together from other pieces from other mods and they were using some magazines I've done for RHS. But that magazine has, I think it has five lots and whoever whoever has done that has used the same um, the highest uh, detail mesh in all the lots of the, the, the that vest. That vest actually had five lots with the same density. So, you know, I already done it. I, if, at least have the decency if you rip it. I'm not saying you should do that. Use <laughs> all the lots that I've already done. Right? Do I mean, it badly, that's yeah. what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to rip it, please do it properly. Uh, but, yeah, but, but don't rip it in the first place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can I just uh, say one thing as well? Um, this is something I've seen, and I'm sure the guys have got. We, we've all, if you, as a content creator, when you DMCA somebody, you're going to get bad mouth and, and whatever. Some of these people say, well, yeah, okay. My, my, um, my profile is private for a reason, yeah. Okay. Um, like, Poofus just said um, one of the instances he saw was a single magazine. People just say it's a single magazine. But where do you stop? Where do you, where do you draw the line? So a lot of us have now got a zero-tolerance policy. That's it. You don't rip a single pixel of our stuff. We won't let you. Um, and it's not because we're being malicious. It's just we don't have the time or the patience or the motivation to sit there and go and treat everything as a case-by-case basis. I, in the last month, issued 70-odd DMCAs. I and mean, each DMCA takes at minimum five minutes and at most 25, 30 minutes to explain what's been ripped. Um, I've, I've templated most of my stuff now. Or but it's time I could anyway. spend this way. Yeah, well, you, you you just spank everybody straight away. Yeah. I, <laughs> I put posts and stuff. Yeah. I try and explain. I educate first before spanking. Yeah, but... 
Well, I adapted the American way also. Shoot first, ask questions later. <laughs> well, there you go. But you, the volume of yours, I, I imagine, is, is much higher than mine. Um, on yes the no. Steam Workshop, I took on the, the Steam Workshop, I am quite educational. If it comes in the commercial stuff, I don't bother explaining. If somebody's ripped my stuff and is selling it, yeah, it's I go with the lawyer first. It's no problem. Yeah, and well, I tried doing it your way a few years back, <laughs> and it didn't help. I I was. Uh, getting emails, I was getting bad mouths. It depends how much time you've got to deal with it, and I we don't. don't have the time. None of us do. Yeah. So as such, I just I don't bother, and to some degree, just um, because I I I actually spank every single one that doesn't follow the license. <laughs> made it so that these days there are fewer and fewer each month because they sort of know, oh, uh, yeah, the guys from RHS has go- are going to um, just go after us. And I found... Yeah, you made your reputation. Yeah, and I actually found it really convenient for the time I need to spend on it rather than explain and then educate. I'm well, sorry, I'm not, I'm not going to... I mean, it's not that I don't want to. I would rather educate uh, in st- some people into modding. And uh, I'm, I'm not criticizing you for it. I'm really I know, not. I'm, I'm just not, I'm I'm not trying defending. to explain for the audience more than anything else. But yeah, I'm not defending myself. I'm just saying that um, you need to understand if, if I'm doing this once a month and I need to do 100 plus at a time, I because I'm not checking these days each each week, right? I'm not going to have the time to explain to you what you've done wrong. You need to figure it out for yourself. I'm just get a DMCA. And quite recently, like two months ago, um, I had a message uh, about a lot of the R content being available on uh, Gmod. And if you, it was funny because you you would read the comments and you would see people who'd say, "Hey, but this stuff is RHS." Uh, I'm sorry for you. They're gonna come down hard on you, and that I mean, most of I mean, people these days do message me directly or through our social media um, or various other ways about stuff that is being mishandled on various platforms or on various other moddable games like Gmod. Uh, like I don't know, total war. But don't or don't you do. think that's because we are being more communicative, more vocal about getting pissed off about it? You know, on the discords, people are more aware of why it's happening now. Yeah, but you know, this the 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 overall mentality has changed in the past four years. From hey, it's just a magazine, to uh, of the few of us because. Actually, this is just same ten people who is who are doing this are trying to educate on Discord. Yes, I'm gonna educate via the official platforms, Discord. I'm not. If you're in the wrong, I'm just gonna DMCA you. So, you know, there's this. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying you're doing it wrong. I'm sorry. I did say that. Oh, no. Well, no, it's, we, we've got diff- slightly different approaches, but I mean, yeah. to be fair, I have uh, you and I both have a zero tolerance policy. I tend to put a comment on the the offending like upload that says, 
please remove your content. And the reason I want you to remove it is, one, you're breaching my EULA, two, you're breaching the Steam agreement, and three, you're pissing me off because it's causing me support problems or potentially going to cause me support problems. I have done this. I have done this too on well, a very, very big number of mods. But, Guess what? I got I got a one-week suspension for spam. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, obviously our numbers are significantly because, different. <laughs> yeah, because because I wanted I wanted to educate people also, and so I've um, copy pasted or I've made a template and copy pasted it to the workshops um, of the reuploaded content and saying stuff like, um, "Hey, dudes, that's uh, bullshit. What are you doing? That's our content. Please take it down." So, uh, in other words, of course, in more politically correct words. So, um, yeah, I've done this for I, I don't know a day or so. Next, um, the next day, I wanted to place, uh, I wanted to get, uh, go on the Steam, um, on the Steam store and stuff like that. And I got the note that I was, um, yeah, uh, <clears throat> prohibited. Uh, <laughs> uh, that um, I was forbidden to post any comments for a week. So, yeah, I, I, I caught spam okay. filter. I, I've never hit and, that limit, um, but having said that, I don't think I'm doing I, the same numbers. I did. I did, and uh, and um, I don't know either. But uh, that's that was the result. I've got um, a warning for spam. Well, no, uh, and another another funny story. Another funny story is um, after that, I stopped playing the good guy. I went the hardcore way. Like fuck you, you gonna I'm gonna smash a DMCA around your ears. And um, it was around that time when the workshop crawler um, came up. So um, before that, we had to dig manually through every mod that was suspicious. So we had to download it, look into it. Oh, no, it's a false uh, false positive, so let him go. Or it's a positive, so DMCA it. So yeah, the workshop crawler came up and it automated a lot of stuff. So um, the crawler basically uh, compares um, one Steam item with another steam item so your original is going to be compared with a database and um, checks for duplicates and gives you a list so yeah um, I was using that and um, I, I don't know how many I filed in one day I think 150 or so around about that number and um, I've got an email from uh, the uh, Valve legal team stating that uh, we and uh, that I and of course others that were using the workshop crawler should refer or st should step back a little um, and reduce our claims to 25 a day because they cannot handle all those claims yeah truth be told um yeah I, I do remember that instance um well then you exchange some emails with their legal team and i don't think that's a, that's an issue anymore because you were just beginning to do the the heavy lifting isn't that what got what's got us the guidance to say put it in your steam upload to say this should not be uploaded by anybody other than these accounts uh, yes, so that indeed. makes it easier for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Precisely, because uh, I they already have a list, and I forward them a list of files, uh, pretty much after each release. So when I DMCA, they can compare themselves, and now with the workshop crawler, I can just send them uh, the hashtag um, listed there, which helps. Which helps a lot, identifying what's what I'm DMCAing. Um, but going back on what Rock said, yes, I do write 
I do have a template. I send people towards our end user agreement, which is available on our website. But that's that's the extent of it. That's that I do that each time together with the DMCA. So I do know. I do let people know what's wrong. Yeah, or what's wrong, whatever. Yeah, I mean, there okay. is there last, is a reasonable amount of work. Last one to do. For, for for rock, and then we can move on. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. It's 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 very it's <laughs> it's very interesting. So I'm I'm completely letting you uh, flow with your discussion. So well, you're going to be here all night because we're just going to keep talking. <laughs> so. That's that's what I'm saying. Last one for you, bro. Let's go. Uh, okay. Well, the the one thing that I'll, I'll say is just backing up everything that we've been talking about in the last 10, 15 minutes or however long. The frustration is the reason that I started writing this practical guide to IP and Armor 3, um, which you said you'll link early on. It's the, the website that you, that you said you used. Um, a lot of this I, I get repeated, and I, I've Poofer and I have had this conversation many, many times, educate before punish, uh, before spanking or whatever. It does get to the point where you just get so frustrated and the volumes that, that these guys are talking about are higher, much higher than mine. But I get the frustration. I understand the frustration just as much. But I just, I don't like DMCAing out of the blue. I prefer to put a statement on there that says, this is what's happening. This is why it's happening. Don't do it again. And most of the time, I get a, fee- a comment back from the good people anyway. Um, it's usually, fuck you. Um, or um, it's like, sorry, I really didn't understand what was going wrong. I didn't realize I wasn't allowed to do this. I'm really sorry. I've taken it down. End of story. It's working for me. It doesn't work all the time. And I get more fuck yous than I'm sorry's, but... It, I, I'm seeing a change myself, and you said yourself, Pufu, the numbers reduce each time. The, re- the word has gotten out, don't do it. And you're getting told by people in other platforms that your stuff is being ripped. I think that's a win. It may not be a significant figure. It's a definite win for everybody. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, – I would uh, really like that people um – are listening to to Radio Armor today and and um, you know uh, taking all of this in uh, your conversation is really really interesting and and it, it, I really hope that people are going to be uh, learning a lot of of all of what you said uh, today and I really hope that we can contribute to to pushing this a step forward. What I wish, and I'm moving forward a bit here, I'd wish that part of this education, which is what we're doing right now, right, would happen from uh, Bohemia's part as well. Um, They have a platform. They have a a pretty high presence on their social media uh, accounts. And I would honestly like for them to, you know, try and educate in simple terms as we've tried today to um, because a lot of people are not doing it on purpose they're just oblivious it's ignorance yeah Yeah. they don't know and like we all have our own little platforms but they're not as as Pufu said BI has got a much bigger reach than us yeah 
Well, let's hope that it, it uh, would be nice. Nilu's uh, community manager is hearing us and, and eventually if he finds the time, because he's got uh, a lot of things to do, uh, if he finds the time, he can uh, drive this kind of thing on, on Bohemian Interactive side. Um, I, I would really like to see that. Um, w- without further transition, let's uh, move on to to the uh, Bohemia Interactive um, uh, data that you can use and you can't use and that kind of thing. What is Bohemia Interactive providing for you to create? Um, first of all, what are d- Bohemia's data package packages? Sorry. Okay. Uh, I think that's yeah, my cue. Precisely, yeah. <laughs> <It's> accurate. <laughs> <laughs> well, because um, hashtag cup is just a part. This originates uh, years, 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 and years back because cup basically evolved from the original Arma 2 data that was provided by Bohemia Interactive um, in form of licensed data packages. Um, that's basically the whole game um, stripped of the texture files made available for public use to be integrated into ARM3 or they uh, see by now already uh, also. And um, yeah, um, the, that's basically the, um, the idea that Cup had back in the days to make those old school Arma 2 stuff or even Arma 1 and all the expansion stuff available in Arma 3 because a lot of people didn't like the, um, the futuristic style. They wanted the Arma 2 style back. So yeah, we made that. And it's um, totally legal for anyone to use the Arma 2 data and port it over to Arma 3. And uh, yeah, that was the first stage of CUP. And by now we have besides vehicles, almost no original Arma 2 content left. So we basically re, re, um, uh, recreated uh, all the units, all the factions, all the weapons and stuff. A lot of stuff got donated to us as well. And um, every time when somebody comes up to us, ask for, let's say, um, hey, I just want a striker. Um, can I have your striker? We always refer to the um, um, the Arma 2 license data packages from Bohemia Interactive and give them also uh, um, instructions how to port them uh, those models themselves. Uh, we uh, um, uh, Alvarin, hold on. Alvarin made um, a tutorial for that so anyone can do it on their own. So they don't have to rip the cup stuff. Okay, Brock, sorry. Yeah. Just to stay to stay away from the cup stuff and just stay with the data package for a second. Um, the packages were actually something that BIS did for us uh, in Armor One era. They, they started out with some sample models because pretty much the entire game had been ripped and then was passed around in MLOD format, in editable format, inside the modding community so we could learn. That was the time. It was a different era. It was a little bit more naive than it is now. Um, And Bohemia, Marek, 
um, wasn't very happy with this, but he started producing sample models. And then when we moved into Armour 2, they released pretty much all of the Armour 1 content in these in the first series of um, add-ons that uh, in sort of sample packages that we could then learn from again. And it's it grew over time, and as the game has moved on, BI's letters forward pour a lot of this content, and you can get the the data packages off the Bohemia wiki. Um, you can just search for them. I think it's Armor. Was it? Is it Armor data packages or what's the proper name for it? Um, almost Armor licensed data package. Thank you. That's it. Yeah. Um, and you can. Oh, sorry, Bohemia licensed data package. Yeah. You can get all all of this stuff, and anyone is allowed to use it providing that you release your product under the same license because they're released under APL, um, Armour Public License, share alike in the the most thing. Um, But there are other license packages within that, within the release set that you can't do certain things with. So make sure if you're going to use the sample data packages, make sure you understand the license that goes with it and what you can and can't do. For... And to add on on this, for the Arma 2 content and Arma 1 content that was released, um, you can not just use it, you can modify, you can use it as a starting point and modify it uh, um, in the sense and then you can improve the texture, you can rebake it, you can you can basically do pretty much whatever you want with it uh, as long as you keep it within the franchise. Um, as long as, as Rock said, you keep the same license um, that comes with it, which is a good thing. I mean, it's a great baseline. And, well, back in Arma 1 days, um, that's, I mean, the purpose for the con- some of the content being released it was because there were no samples available for Arma 3 you basically have all the samples provided directly by Bohemia for most type of content that is available. I'm not talking about retextured templates, I'm talking about samples for characters, vehicles, um, all types of gear and so on and so forth. That doesn't mean it comes with a detailed mesh because you don't need that. You need to want to, fi- to, yes, to figure out how the that particular asset works within this game. Uh, I had this question uh, recently about, but why are the wheels on whichever vehicles so squarish? That's because you don't need it to be round in order for it to work. Well, physics aside. So this is going to be the last of our topics. Um, thank you, Bufu, for closing on this. Uh, we we had plenty of other things to to talk about, and this obviously this whole conversation could go on and on for for days, um, especially with <laughs> you guys, because you're you're a unlimited resource of information. It, it is completely. Um, it, it's, it's a very it's, polite way of saying we speak too no, much. No, it's, it's a very it's a very polite way of saying that you, you are very knowledgeable and and we can we could really listen to what you have to say uh, and share and and listen have you shared your experience for 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 the whole night and it's it's great having you guys on the show um 
I think this this recording is is real long, so we'll we'll see We've been how for two hours now. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll see how <laughs> if we break it up in two separate episodes or not. Uh, we'll see. I'm really looking forward to have having the the feedback of the community because I feel that uh, it is one of the rare topics on which we need the community to react. We need the the community to uh, spread the information to help us to help the modern teams help the guests that we have had today share that knowledge share that that um the positive um action that is behind all of this conversation obviously there were a lot of painful topics that we we talked about today but but the the whole core of this is to spread knowledge and to help people understand so that we can we can improve the community because I think that this is how the Armor 3 community has always the armor, the armor in general, the Bohemian interactive community has always worked, is by talking, sharing. And I think that uh, if if you uh, listeners are uh, looking into modding and and you want to learn from the people that I've we've invited here on this on this show uh, you you probably want to comply to what they're saying and 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 listening to what they have to say because we don't want a rock uh getting pissed and dropping modding <laughs> for example <laughs> so yeah that was the message of the end and uh, so tonight you, you all uh, at my request uh, sent me uh, a track uh, a, a music uh, that is representing you. Uh, for new listeners, this is what we have started doing uh, this year with our episodes. Is uh, if we invite someone to the show, um, we like to uh, present him or she uh, to you uh, in a different manner. And and music to us, and I th- I'm I'm sure that Audio Customs is the best guy to agree with me. Uh, it, oh, it, Audio and music is probably one of the most uh, interesting way of meeting someone. So without further ado, I'd, I would like to present you Audio Customs. I'm, I'm going to start by, by Audio Customs because it's, it's probably one of the, of the rawest uh, metal head that, <laughs> that I have. So if you have the, the, the sound uh, late at night or in your car, you probably want to lower the volume by just one inch. Here is Audio Customs uh, viewed through a music. So this is called Life, uh, li- sorry, Live for This by uh, Hatebreed. Uh, well, uh, can you explain us, um, uh, Odio? Uh, who's who's that br- that group, and well, and why did you choose that? Well, um, it's um, a hardcore band, uh, one of the biggest hardcore bands in the scene, actually, and the song is called Live for This, and. Um, 
it goes on like live for this. If you don't live for something, you die for nothing. So in my case, it's either all or nothing. I'm in or I'm out. And if I'm in, I'm the I'm giving everything I have to stay in. And um, yeah, the sound itself, it's pretty hard, uh, pretty rough for others to listen to if they are not used to metal or, or hardcore music. Um, but um, the aggression in the music keeps me driving somewhat because I'm uh, yeah not really aggressive, but I'm a, a fucking straightforward guy actually. And uh, you, you know what? You know what? That's <laughs> yeah. very funny because I was um, actually um, fearing meeting you um, because you you on, on the, <laughs> for for those that have been spending a little time on the. Uh, Bohemian Interactive or or um, Arma Three in general uh, Discord, the official Discord. Uh, uh, Audio Customs is the guy you don't want to cross. Basically, he's he's the guy that will just tell you what he thinks, regardless of politically correct <laughs> language, and and he he'll just like explain you things. The rawest well, way. I have to behave a little <laughs> bit on. I have to behave a little on the Bohemian <laughs> Discord, but um, and I was behaving on this podcast as well. Um, <laughs> my Twitter bio actually says, uh, "Fuck that political bullshit! I have no time for this." Well, I think I think in, that's in a very words. good description of you. <laughs> let's let's uh, transition to a uh, rock, and you'll find the music is very different. Uh, rock actually uh, gave me two examples of musics. Uh, the first one was Britney Spears. Uh, sorry, I'm probably hashing the name uh, Britney Spears. Um, it was. Oops, I did it again. But I preferred, I, I, we'll have him explain that uh, just after. But I preferred selecting the second one, which is, in my sense, I didn't know that, that song. So it was more interesting for me to select that one. It's called uh, Never Ending Story. Can you hear the English man behind behind that that song? <laughs> okay, Rock. Can you explain us uh, your choices of music? Okay, first of all, I am not a Britney Spears fan. I just found it funny. I just you asked me what was relevant to <laughs> uh, what was relevant to um, how I kind of thought I was, um, you know, how, how my mod was perceived or how I thought I my how my modding. <laughs> I can't remember what the exact phrase was, but um, overall, um, the Britney Spears thing is, oops, I did it again. Cannons refers to, oops, I started another add-on, which a lot of people will will say, how many projects have you got running? That's ridiculous. And the never-ending story is, every time I start an add-on, I find another way to do something better, which means I go back and and, and look at the other add-ons and try and improve them. And it just is a never-ending story. Add-ons arguably never get finished or they, they're all moving together very slowly forward. 
it's there was no deep meaningful thing for it. It was kind of a sarcastic <laughs> nod okay. towards my own inability to finish it. <laughs> and last but not least, Pufu uh, sent me over a, a, a track by Cage the Elephant. It's um, I had heard it before, but it was nice to relate it to. To, to Pufu and now that I've met him uh, it's it's actually very interesting it's called Ain't No Rest for the Wicked You know there ain't no rest for the wicked Money don't grow on trees We got bills to pay We got miles to feed There ain't nothing in this world for free I know we can't slow down We can't hold back though you know We wish we could I know there ain't no rest for the that is a great um great uh, ending for for this uh, guest presentation Pufu, can you react to that uh, to that music why did you choose it actually um the request sort of surprised me i was really this this was a pretty hectic week trying to finish work on various projects um so this sort of um it wasn't the first thing that came to mind but it was the second thing that was there uh and basically it represents my relationship with um arma and it's modding more than it represents me so and and that suits perfectly. I mean, the 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 objective of the whole the whole exercise was to either find a, a track that was uh, um, representing you or your work in the armor verse. So that uh, that it's a uh, I think it suits perfectly. Thank you guys for for joining us uh, today. Um, hope to see you very very soon. Thanks. It's really been fun. It's been fantastic. Thank you. Yep. Same here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a pleasure to be invited. Thanks a lot. And we'll be moving on to the next topic, which is PvP in Armour this week and this month, actually, uh, what's happening and what is going to be happening. Here's what is really interesting here this this month. Um, actually, next week, um, an organization that you guys know if uh, you've been listening to this podcast for a long time is Ofcra. Ofcra is a French organization that uh, organizes uh, milsim type PVP um, events. Uh, and this uh, Thursday, uh, they'll be organizing a very special one because it's going to be a, a Christmas one. It's on the 24th. <laughs> if uh, obviously you don't have anything to do on Christmas Eve uh, and you don't have any family, you don't have have any life and you're miserable and you want to play armor well <laughs> you can you can play with uh, with uh, the off crowd you just uh, register as, as a as a single player or, or as a team uh, they'll be doing something uh, fairly different from what they do um, usually usually they have uh, two main ops uh, with uh, some different objectives uh, long ops this time it's going to be uh, four to five uh, sections of um, sorry, uh, four to five games of 20 minutes long uh, featuring uh, three sides. So uh, Red Santas, Blue Santas and um, 
Green Santas or uh, <laughs> throwing themselves onto each other uh, on New Year's Eve. It's going to be a great event. So if, you, if you're interested in, in just uh, having a good laugh uh, on New, New Year's Eve because you don't have anything else to do. New, New Year's ahead. Eve or Christmas Eve? Uh, sorry, Christmas Eve. My bad. Um, <sighs> it's, it's, I'm tired. Um, well, go ahead. Um, it's you'll you you'll need um the the uh, armor three sync uh usually i think that these guys use the the same versions as the workshop so you should be able to connect through the through uh, to their server with the workshop versions of the mods um you'll That's... see um but they they do provide all the links to the workshop oh no they they do have their own ofkra mod so you'll need that one so you'll obviously need um the the link to that specific mod but they provide it so you just type ofkra on google uh, and you'll you'll find their forum all the information is public and you can access it to through your computer the second thing is something that is personal. It's something that I'm going to be organizing myself. Uh, you guys know that I'm involved with Electronic Sports Masters. We do esports in armor through Capture the Fire game mode. And um, due to popular request, um, I'm, go I'm going to be organizing a, a Capture the Flag tournament, but only dedicated to Milsim teams or newbie teams, basically teams that are not regular players of Capture the Flag or not PvP centered or p pvp oriented oh, basically okay. and all of the professional teams um feature I'm, I'm gonna name them there are only three out there uh, um 88 um my own team which is sof and tactical training team the german team those three teams will be excluded from the tournament, leaving place only to people f with the same skill uh, level so that the whole tournament tournament is really, really balanced, 100% balanced and that uh, it's enjoyable and that no team is just like on top ravaging the others. Um, that sounds like fun. It, it's also a way to, for us to like driving new people uh driving new new people that could be interested in, in pvp but uh, would be afraid of just like not being good enough to play against those big teams that play ctf on a regular basis and it would be also a very good occasion to uh target some some teams that could actually be good without even knowing um tactical training team is the best example of that they are a milsim team they came in into in 2008 uh, 2018 sorry in the in the in in our capture the flag tournament and they're now a pro and top level um uh, team they've uh, nearly end up ended up um winning the tournament last year they uh almost won this year they their second uh this year of our pro league so so yeah it's a great occasion if you're new to esports and armor and if you want to bring uh your pals that um usually would uh, not have had uh, the courage to come in and test it usually 
that's all for the PvP part. Uh, it was a great, great episode. I know it's a very long one. Um, we're probably going to release this one as a one episode. It's going to be very long. Uh, we've yeah. done. We'll see if there's a way to break it up, but I think it was a very free flowing talk. So yeah, <laughs> we'll I, see I what think, we can do. I think there's no way we can, but we'll see. Um, the 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 global feedback from the community was like they were looking for shorter episodes sadly this well, one it was, will not it, be it was one. kind of 50 50 wasn't it <laughs> yeah yeah it was 50 50 but um, um, generally people are obviously looking for for shorter episodes for those people we're uh, looking for a way of doing that so stay tuned uh, news to come we're really improving our, our podcast and the quality of the podcast um, so thanks for listening uh, this whole thing would not be possible if you guys weren't listening so thank you all have a nice uh, end of day and until next transmission Radio silence.